Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Katie Wilkins and I'm an author and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where brandy meets bludgeoning, mimosa meets misdemeanour, and port meets prostitution. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. Sorry, that sounds really funny. (laughs) I know shame. I guess the most frightening thing in the world is those narrow country roads. <laughs> There's no orgies for soft power. No. <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Welcome to another episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. I am so excited to introduce our guest this week. It is the fantastic comedian Al Murray. Cheers. Cheers. I'm saying that in my normal voice rather than going cheers. I'm going cheers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm him. I'm not him. I'm me. You're the real Al Murray. Yeah, the real, the real, the behind the mask. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Although that's I look good. exactly the same, obviously. <laughs> yes, and, share, good... and share many of his views. 
<laughs> this is exciting because this is the first men's month recording that we're doing. I don't know this if it'll year. be the first one released, so this might be out of order, but this is the first official recording. Well, I mean, year, I'm so. humbled and uh, uh, and shocked in equal measure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. What a privilege. What an honour. No, it's great because that Almo the pub landlord, I mean, it sounds mm. like it would be a good fit for this podcast with us all drinking, but actually I'm I'm glad that you're the real Almori. No, no, because he'd, he'd already be on at you. About <laughs> he would. In what's fact... What's that Coralie Anus poster behind Hannah? Like, <laughs> oh, you like a bit of anus, do you? I mean, it would be so boring. <laughs> Now the listeners know how highbrow I am. Well, exactly. My... You see, and that, yeah. would be, that would be his brilliant double-handed signal to let everyone know how highbrow you are and how lowbrow he is. You get, you get, you get a double whammy off Coriolanus, but there we go. No, that's good. That's good. The less said, yeah. the better about that. All right, we'll move on, and I won't even mention that my name is spelt the French way. Yeah, yeah, that's just not even, not even, not even opening not even, that can no, of worms. No, 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 no. So uh, we we have one question for our guests on this podcast. Have mm. you ever been victim of a crime? Well, you know, I thought long and hard about this when I was in the very long protracted research chat that goes ahead of this podcast. So I just want to let the listeners know that this is there's a really long, detailed, favourite colour type research chat before you're invited on this show. <laughs> And then if you get that wrong, you're not allowed on. But um, yes, yes, I have. I, I think I'm, I'm a victim of several crimes, actually, when I think about okay, it. Okay, yeah. A flat early on when I was in London or a shared house got burgled. Oh. And uh, yeah, and then one of my flatmates completely rode the insurance claim. Oh, wow. So it was like two crimes were committed. And I, oh, I, my God. And I still don't know which one was worse. But, um, <laughs> Because you know the burglar got away with some cufflinks, I think, and then and then the insurance claimant, I think, garnered a couple of guitars out of. Um... Oh, I should wow. point out to our listeners right now that Al is sat in front of five separate right. guitars. Yeah, right, it wasn't me. The... <laughs> This happened to a friend of mine. It's one of those stories, but it really did. Anyway, uh, or it happened to a guy I was sharing a house with. Anyway, I think the most recent straight-up crime was, you know, I parked my car in the street because I live in London. The bit of London I live in might be expensive, but there's nowhere to park your car, so you park there's your car no in the There's no off-road parking. There's no off-road Sorry. parking. So, you t- <laughs> so, exactly. so when you're doing the insurance, you tick the thing that says no off-road parking. So you uh-huh. park in the street, and one time... Someone drove it through a street, probably in a lorry, a bin lorry or something, and scraped down the entire side of my oh, car, no. bending the door out of shape <gasps> so it wouldn't shut oh. properly. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's then, more than a scrape. <laughs> yeah. and, and then was gone. <laughs> oh, that, that just feels like the worst thing in the world because, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, why not leave a note? I mean, if they're insured, who cares? Uh, and they, I know. Anyway, yeah. Maybe, and it, it you you end up with that thing of well we're not allowed nice things that <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things exactly people exactly. will scrape and run exactly they'll scrape and run and it cost me it cost me an awful lot of money to have fixed oh yeah no. yeah and then someone you know like three weeks later crashed into the car in the same oh, place shit. oh no I'm just oh, I'm right shit. now I mean I don't want a victim blame Al but I'm kind of thinking how are you parking this vehicle because <laughs> look just just outside my house. Just outside my house. And the problem where I live, wherever you park the trees all up the street, wherever you park your car, it gets yeah. shat on. Uh, right? By, oh, by birds. Yeah. And the, there's the West London parakeets. Yes. <laughs> oh, my of, God. Yeah. And when they decide to sit in the tree outside my house and download on my car. No. 
No, I mean, there's Forget another it. crime. There's another crime that I've, yes. uh, that I've suffered. Avian criminals now. Uh, exactly. I mean, but you can't take parakeets to court, can you? <laughs> well, I mean, they, you say that. We want to case. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. Also, did you like, they used to take animals to court. They used to take animals to court. We don't have time episodes. to get into that. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole oh, yeah, there's other a, thing. There's a film about called The Hour of the Pig about yes. a pig. Yes. Yes. Yeah, with a young Colin Firth. A young Colin Firth, yeah. It's funny, though, isn't it? Because ironically, your car should be the luckiest fucking car in the world. But actually, it's supposed to be shut on. Yeah, exactly. And it absolutely is not. Also, the other thing, if if your car's shut on often by birds, you end up having this inevitable conversation where you you, you try to sell it and they go, oh, dear, you know, you should have done something about that. (laughs) What? And then they go, oh, you know, the, you know, the... The paint used to be used to be bird shit resistance, but you know the EU. And you're like, oh wow! <laughs> what about it? Please tell me how the EU stop the bird shit resistant paint. Of course it wow. did. Thinking, oh well, yeah, exactly. Of course it did. It more fooled me for buying a car within <laughs> yeah. the EU at the top. Anyway, the point is, um, God, uh, that's so an amazing so, conspiracy theory. I had not heard that one. <laughs> well, nor would I. Nor would I. But but. If you had a car that was shat on frequently, you'd know this. This is the, yeah. uh, this, 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 there's obviously like, there's some of us who know this, some of us who don't. Yeah. Maybe, I live on maybe, a shit street, so I understand. And it just becomes this thing in the morning. And my daughter, who's eight, thinks it's yeah. fantastic. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The worse it is in the morning, she's like, yay. Yeah. Uh, so what does she excited. like about it? She just thinks it's hilarious. What, to watch you get clean really the wa- car. Well, like, she thinks it's funny because we get so wound up about it. Yeah. And yeah. she's sort of like, why don't you do something about it? And we're like, we don't want, we have to park on our street. What do you do? We're not going to well, chop the trees down. Yeah. I mean, the only thing you could do about it was vote leave, it would seem. <laughs> Get that paint back. Yeah. <laughs> that explains the gap, the 52, 58, whatever it was. Yeah. I know those, the cursed numbers. They all had shit cars. Yeah. Exactly. The cars were shut on. That's it. I'm out of here. Yeah, it, it wasn't even about the NHS or immigration. No, no, it was about, about the it. bird shit. That's that was right. the underground campaign that that went right over my head. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, well, we we always ask our guests like, what if you had the perp? What would you say? Now, so you've got a, you've got a few perps. They're in custody. They either can or can't see you. You can hit them. You could talk to them. What do you want to say? I would if if, if it's the parakeets. Obviously, I. <laughs> I sleep deprive them. Like, I want to know what a parakeet that hasn't had any sleep is like. like so we're talking bright lights. Oh and, my god! And the sounds of mewling cats, right? To really like okay. wind them up and freak them out. And then I and then you do. I think what you do with parakeets is good cat, bad cat. So a cat, one cat would go in and just look at them and and drink milk. And then another cat would basically chase them around the room and freak them out. Wow, um, while they're being sleep deprived. While they're being sleep deprived. Because, you know, these little bastards have ruined more than two cars that I've owned. But if I got the if I got the bloke with the lorry, I don't know, I think I'd sit down and have a, like a sort of sad conversation with him. <laughs> like, like, a, like a thing more, you know, more in sorrow than in anger. One of those yeah. conversations. But that would probably turn into an angry conversation. But you try and start. Constructive. You know, I mean, I've had teenagers. They've, unfortunately, they're not they're not teenagers anymore, so everything's all right. But while they're teenagers, you do try and do that in sorrow rather than anger conversation. It always starts yeah. off yeah, yeah. in sorrow. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now, anger and sadness are so close together, though. Well, yeah, they're good pals, aren't they? But um, uh, the lorry <laughs> driver. From sorrow to anger. This feels like a parenting book on the way for you, Al. I don't know what you have on the horizon, but this this has legs. <laughs> this really does. Well, I hadn't thought of it like that, but yeah, I mean, they, they turned out all right. I could write a book, couldn't I? Um, uh, you know, eventually, just say it's called the eventual adult. I think it's what you call it. <laughs> eventually they turn into adults it's just a question of you know how patient you are saying this and they listen to the show so there we go they'll they'll (laughs) enjoy that bit but a big shout out (laughs) (laughs) big big shout out to Scarlet and Willow who who are sitting behind the behind the Wizard of Oz curtain of my parenting (laughs) (laughs) skills (laughs) they're thinking oh I know the conversation he's talking about before they started shouting they absolutely are they're thinking there wasn't a sorrow bit first there was just anger <laughs> you know the bloke who scraped my lorry he doesn't care he's in a hurry yeah you know, blah blah and, and people he's... are such dicks too yes like, yes we're in the countryside but yeah. like the narrow roads might as well be like where i used to live in london because yeah. if someone's a dickhead you're all trapped and then the traffic yeah. just mm. mounts behind you and everyone's beeping yeah, yeah i'm more on. scared of country lanes in this country than anywhere else like because i've driven in london a lot and it can get a little bit hairy and people are not the most considerate but a country yeah. lane <laughs> is terrifying because you yeah. can tell that the locals are just ready to fuck with you oh yeah <laughs> oh they're so narrow even to a non-american like I know I'm biased and I'm like, where are the wide roads? I can't do this. But Jesus. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> what a note to end on. Crimes are bad, but country roads are worse. Yes, I think. If only we could arrest country roads. <laughs> I love this on men's month. It's kind of, and I guess the most frightening thing in the world is those narrow country roads. <laughs> like... But also inevitably, it's, I'm talking about driving and I've managed to fall. I'm a being... being sort of tediously top gear and go, well, you know, obviously <laughs> like, on a country road, I tend to force the other guy up the back up to the passing point. Also, it was me that brought up country to be Yes, fair. it was actually. Yes, sorry. Oh, yeah, I apologise. Uh... You're right, Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the, oh, God, Clarkson. Let's move on. <laughs> I'd be the slowest one on that racetrack they used to do. I've done that once. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was, it, it, it's a humiliating experience because you get oh. in the... You go around oh, it no. twice with the race. The racing driver takes you around twice. Then you go around it twice with the racing driver. Sat next to you going, break down. You're thinking, <laughs> thinking well, I, I, I braked 100 yards ago, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go around on your own a couple of times. And it's just, it's awful. Yeah. It's just awful. I, 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 you know, I'm not, in, I'm not particularly interested in going really quickly. I'm not, not much fussed no. about that. It just, it looks like it's more stressful than a country road. <laughs> I think it could be. <laughs> Now it's time for Drunk Women Solving Crime. So today yes. we are going to be talking about a con man who pretended to be many things, including... <laughs> <laughs> the best kind of con man. <laughs> well, yes. Um, uh, the con man who was brave enough to be himself all the time. Yeah. Is that not the ultimate con? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> Please. I mean, you tread softly for your tread on my uh, identity. (laughs) True enough. Um, So this guy pretended to be a naval surgeon, a civil engineer, a sheriff's deputy, a prison warden, a doctor of applied psychology, a hospital orderly, a lawyer, a childcare expert, a Benedictine monk, a Trappist monk, an editor, a cancer researcher and a teacher. 
God, um, who has the time? I know. It's so much effort. Wow. That's a um, real range, to say the least. I mean, it is a range. Just doing that on Twitter would be enough effort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's someone's Twitter bio that you're just like, Ugh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. How do I say all of that in 180 characters? <laughs> oh, my God. I just answered as the monk. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, tra- um, the Trappist one never replies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, only one of these cons led to a prison sentence. Oh. Is it worth me asking you which one do you think led to a prison sentence? I'd have to oh, repeat yeah. them. Oh, yeah. I to... think so. Okay, yeah. you want to guess which one led to a prison sentence? Yeah, because I'm really curious because it's, is it about the severity of it? Like was, okay, so one of them was a surgeon, right? You said surgeon yes. somewhere in there. So if something went catastrophically wrong, if he actually performed surgeries, is it something like that? Or is it more of a fluke situation where he's an orderly, but someone's pissed off with him? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. Okay. Do you want me to repeat the jobs or can you remember? Yeah, Yeah. please. I want the jobs again. again. Okay. Okay. Naval surgeon, civil engineer, sheriff's deputy, assistant prison warden, doctor of applied psychology, hospital orderly, a lawyer, a childcare expert, a Benedictine monk, a Trappist monk, an editor, a cancer researcher, and a teacher. Which one of these impersonations led to him spending some jail time? Wow. Teacher. Teacher from Al Murray. Hmm. Hmm. What's I'm your gonna... thinking behind it? Did he like try and get well, yeah. you know, free school uh, meals for too like many people? Just, and they just got... really yeah. harsh. Yeah, I think he, he, he I, I, I don't know. It's, the homework he set was too difficult. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, the parents and the, complained. And the parents got smelt a rat and thought, hey, he isn't really a teacher. <laughs> Or or didn't set any homework. It's such an array. Mm. I mean, it's so open. Like it's a hard. Did you say lawyer? Lawyer was yes. Lawyer. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with lawyer. Okay, lawyer from Taylor, Hannah George. I think you said somewhere in there, like cancer researcher. Yeah, I feel like that's the kind of well dodge in it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's all fun and games, like going into a school and going like, "Oh, let's do some PE." But that's literally fun and games. <laughs> Thank you to all yeah, I mean, our teachers. You, you, you get into proper trouble, don't you? If you if you say you're offering cancer cures or cancer research, yeah, uh, this is you know, true. Now you get into actual real, yeah, total yeah. hot water. But this also sounds like a time when this isn't the eighties. This is. <laughs> We will get to the year in a minute. It, it just feels mm. it feels like, you know, naval surge because yeah. that sort of puts us in a maritime age, doesn't it? Rather than Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does that not mean just a stomach surgeon? <laughs> no, <I'm joking>. <laughs> <laughs> a belly button expert. So he does yeah. piercings. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna say this is the nineties because the piercings were just so big then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't think it was lawyer actually, because real lawyers don't go to jail much <laughs> okay so f- just to recap final answers are teacher lawyer and um cancer I'm go research with the surgeon i'm gonna go with surgeon. the surgeon that was my first okay. instinct mm. yeah well the first point goes to al murray hey it was teacher, teacher. Yeah. Really? Okay. It is a thankless job even to pretend to be. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to all the teachers. We're so grateful. I mean, who'd I want think to, they would I mean, agree. It's not the perfect crime, isn't it, to pretend to want to or, no. or the, even the a desirable crime. Is it who's this what what evil super brain is sat in their lair twiddling their moustache going and today? To- <laughs> I, shall, I shall take the lower six through uh <laughs> 
Yeah. Some, Some Machiavellian. Yeah. <laughs> and at no point should I be paid what I'm supposed to be paid. Yeah, yeah. I, wanna, I want to be paid below I average. Get, get paid less not, than I deserve. And mm. have no respect whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant con. Um, it's a, it's an excellent point. And to be fair, it does link back to the, the answer links back to something that Taylor said. Um, which is that might not be specifically a well it is a crime because he wasn't a real teacher but he was at that job when he was arrested oh um, okay we it's just when everything to... caught up with him then yes anyway we'll get to that all right um so Interesting. we yay we are going to be talking about <laughs> the great imposter himself, Ferdinand Waldo de Mara, or Fred to his mates. Now, I was worried he was a bit too famous, and I know Al knows a lot about history. Do you Have you heard of him, Al? No. Fantastic. <laughs> was there a <laughs> film? I'm just... There is. I'm Made assuming it. you two idiots know nothing. Oh, God, do you know? <laughs> I the... don't know much about the story, and I haven't seen the film, but isn't okay. it a Tony Curtis film? Yes. Is this yeah. what Where's oh. Waldo is based on? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Where is he now? What the fuck's he doing now? Well, the moment you say Tony Curtis, I'm thinking the Vikings. He's, not, he's, in, he's in the Vikings. It's, it's not a, <laughs> yeah. It's Marilyn he's Monroe. Not pretending, he's not, not pretending not. to be a Viking. He is a Viking in the Vikings. <laughs> this is also going to help you now to get Some like it fake. That too long <laughs> to make it. Um, Cut that out, man. Oh, my God, the shame. I'm joking. So, <laughs> so uh, I've been drinking. <laughs> yeah. I had a martini. I don't normally have those, but I just really wanted one. They're so good. Okay, Katie, go. Right. Spin your spin your tail. I thought you were gonna go a bit more, so I think I'd drink more. Oh. <laughs> right, so we're talking about the great imposter, Ferdinand Waldo Tamara, yep. or Fred to his mates. I'm going to call him Fred. I consider myself a mate at this point. Now, he was said to possess an extremely high IQ right. and a photographic memory. Fred was born into a well-to-do Massachusetts family. His right. dad, Ferdinand Waldo Damara Sr., was well off and owned lots of theatres, and he made his living as a motion picture operator. Oh, so, question, a bit of drama in the family. Yes. What decade are we starting in when motion pictures was big business? 20s. 20s from Al Murray. Same. 20s from Taylor. Mm, Taylor I mean, Glenn. I'm, I'm going to second name everybody. <laughs> Hannah George. You. Um, I mean, Al's the history guy. I feel like we need to go with, yeah, 1920s. Let's do it. Fantastic. You are all correct. Yes, knew it. Um, Good. It Woo, is the thanks, roaring Al. 20s. <laughs> so it's prohibition. So no wonder he's doing right. lots of sort of criminal, criminal who well, this is it. To give you a bit more context, so Fred is born in 1921 into this lovely, wealthy family, but the Great Depression destroyed the sweet setup that he arrived into. So in the 30s, Waldo Sr. becomes insolvent and the family have to move from a fancy bit of town to a poor bit of town when Fred is 16. So my question is, how does Fred react to this situation? Joins the Navy. Joins the Navy. Excellent. Mm, Any advance on that? Really good guess. How old is he now? Sorry. uh, If he's born He's born in 21, and he's 16. I think he's probably doing the thing that you do, like, surely when you... Like, when I left the Isle of Wight for university, I was like, (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to... Sorry, that sounds really funny. That sounds sounds like... um, I mean, other people left the Isle of Wight for other reasons, but you had to come up with something, like, really, like, super legit, otherwise no one would believe you. I went as far, ladies and gentlemen, as Southampton. So when I took oh, that 22-minute oh, journey... Oh, God, I love it. 
Oh, I have a friend who went to, you know, he did his A-levels in Portsmouth from the Isle of Wight, did, went to technical college, you know. I <laughs> just love it. And he, <laughs> and he, okay, sorry. I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> Southampton's a great university. Oh, God, this is so terrible. It's as far, it's as, far as we like no, to go um, <laughs> on the island, you know, just baby steps, baby steps. Um, but it is that thing. It's like you're over a stretch of water and you sort of slightly, you rebrand yourself a little okay, bit. Like, yeah. I'm no longer the Hannah that was, you know, at middle yeah. school and got chewing gum put in her hair. I'm Hannah... <laughs> That goes to university and gets chewing gum put in her like, <laughs> yes. It's classy, a chewing gum. <laughs> my yeah, feeling different calibre. My feeling for Fred is that he goes there, and although his social status has um, declined, I feel like this is the first con. The first con is he goes out there in his new neighbourhood, yeah. and he's still saying, I am the big, you okay. know, the rich guy. I come from this rich family. He never admits, I don't think, to the fact uh, that his okay. family... Lovely. Yeah. Okay. I made that entirely about me, you might have noticed. No, that's great. I like it. Taylor Glenn. Relatable. (laughs) Taylor, how do you think Fred reacts to having to move to the poor part of town and his family? I think he reacts really badly. I think this is his trauma. I think this is the moment that breaks him, but I don't think he's necessarily going to show it in a conventional way. But the fact that we know that this man goes on to masquerade as all these other characters, which suggests that maybe it had an adverse effect. Sure combines this drama background with this fall from grace and that's that's yeah. when it begins so I, okay. I mean a bit what hannah says maybe he goes right into his first persona yeah. well you guys are all on the right tracks none of you have quite got it the first thing he does is he goes to join the Cistercian monks on rhode island so uh, not the navy he, he actually is a monk he goes to this is the thing it Shit. looks like he actually is a monk because he's there for wow. several years a lot of my sources described it as it's after this that he starts conning which makes it sound like he was a real monk That's yeah that amazing. feels legit let's say he goes to be a monk because he believes it and because it's solace and it's escape yeah and then he realises it's bullshit <laughs> you know what I mean and you think right. well and he thinks well anyone will believe anything look what I believed right I might as well dig into this idea of what will people believe what will they put themselves through yeah do you, do you know what I mean yeah yeah he like draws on it because it's obviously it's perhaps comforting him for a while and then he outgrows yeah. it or... yeah. and is he still in the states yeah he's, he's like a, an Rhode American Island. monk Rhode yeah, Island he's... monk He's a road, yeah. They should yeah. really rename their there, sports are, teams that. I mean, are there, monk, are there monks in America? I mean, I know well, very little about it. America. I, I always feel like you've got to go to another. I mean, it's cultural <laughs> appropriation. But, no, I don't know. Your monks feel European or South American, right? That's exactly um, what I was going to say. I feel like you have to go to South America, you go to... Or Tibet. But yeah. here's the thing or about, Spain or... But, yeah. but here's the thing about America. Thanks to television, I know more about high school. <laughs> <laughs> The, the school my children went to. <laughs> I know about that they that you hang around by the lockers. That, um, you you know you get wedged by the lockers. That the mean girls come through and bully people, and the dweebs and nerds all meet together and yeah. are friends with the science teacher. And that there's a prom. I know all this from American <laughs> television. This is a reflection on me as much as anything else. <laughs> 
Well, maybe it's entirely a reflection on me, but you know what I mean? We are bo- we're so bombarded with yeah. what American school life is like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. true. It's quite the obsession in culture. Yeah. Um, it's a shame there was never, like, a movie about, like, the head quarterback who wanted to become a monk, and then we'd know more about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Where's, where's that gritty drama? Absolutely. Um, oh, my God. And then he goes to the prom because he leaves, and he's in his cloak. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Oh, God, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? He <laughs> goes to the prom, and they think he's in fancy dress. He's like, no, no, I've, I've come to, I've got, you know, he's, he's back, isn't he? Yeah. Papal attraction. That's what we call it. Papal attraction. Okay, we can we can pitch this later. (laughs) My next my next question is: We're all going to lose our virginity. Well, I'm not. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And then he changes his mind. Yeah. Oh, hang on a minute. What am I doing? Wait, she fancies me. I'm going to do it. No, that's what I call higher purpose. Like, was it John Hughes meets don't American worry. Pie? I've already meets... been for... Don't worry, I've already been forgiven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got all the lines. Um, my question is, what or why makes him leave the monks? Oh. So there's an actual reason that we know. Well, you can tell me why you think he leaves or what he goes on to do next, because it's chicken and egg. Accused of embezzlement. <laughs> I like to think perhaps it is it is love and he falls in love with someone which means that he has to leave and then he wants to impress this woman perhaps or perhaps he's told this woman too many lies he's gone like oh a a surgeon yes I am a teacher oh yeah so I think he's maybe he's yeah he's gone on a first date and he's really panicked in those first few moments (laughs) I've always wanted to date a lawyer a doctor I'm both (laughs) <laughs> or, yeah. or if he's 16 in 1937, he's mm-hmm. t- he's 20, 21 in 1941. Yes. Is he conscripted? Oh. Oh. Ding, ding, ding. Now, I don't know if he's conscripted, but he does join the US Army. Right. Well, yeah. 1941, you're absolutely on right. the money. So they're still volunteering then. They're not, they're not, quite, they're not quite into conscription in 41. See, this so is great history knowledge. Yeah. Yes. But loads of people start joining up because okay. they, they can see the way it's going. During 41, there's a slide out of isolationism and, and ah. towards towards an acceptance there's going to be a war. Wait, okay. The, the Americans didn't join until like 1957 or something. Shut up, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she went there. <laughs> sick burn. Beautiful. It's a sick <laughs> burn of all. <laughs> yeah, you came in late, woo, and then won it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, we came late, but we brought the good champagne. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So there were several men. While we were, dr- while we were drinking monk. tea. Yeah. Um, right. So he right. joins. So he joins the army. Okay. He joins the army, and it's said that this is the start of his career in imposture. So mm-hmm. the first thing he does is he nicks the name and identity of an army buddy called Anthony Ignolia. And then he goes AWOL. Ooh. So everyone is blaming, you know, slagging off Anthony and he didn't even do anything. And it's a bit like if I ever get arrested, I'm going to say, my name's Hannah George. <laughs> <laughs> so my question Taylor, is... Taylor, do you feel like left out as a result of that? <laughs> well, now I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, I'll say that I'm Taylor Glenn and Taylor, yeah. you say that you're Kate Yeah, Wilkins. we'll make a pact. Everybody wins. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, best friends club. So, female workplace. So, my question is, where does Fred run off to when absent without official leave? Where would one go? Because he's. Where's this when he goes to be a Trappist monk? Oh my God! Yes, it is. I'm not even going to let the others answer. Yeah. Why do you? How do you know that? Well, because that's what you do, isn't it? 
Let's say there's a let's say there's no no no. Let's say there's a war on and you want to avoid uh-huh. get you join the army and you think actually yeah. hang on a minute I might there's a possibility I might get killed. Oh, it's serious, yeah. So you you know how to be a monk. You join an order where they can't ask you your name. Okay. What's that Channel Four show where they chase you around the country? Hunted, oh, hunted, hunted. Yeah. Hunted. You just go to a Trappist order, don't you? Okay. <laughs> I'll be show. honest. I really only know about Trappist ale. Yeah, fine. That, <laughs> no, yeah, seriously, yeah. this is this is a good life hack. So they can't ask you your name. So you've got sort of an immunity. So you from... arrive and you say your brother Alan, brother, uh-huh. or, or you say you're Katie Herring. <laughs> <laughs> you turn up and you say that whoever yeah. you are, they can't ask you. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, it's good, and also it's sort of a bit like go back to what you know. Like there's, there's actually when I was first reading about this, I was like, I don't get why he's done that, but actually you've made me think that actually makes a lot more sense he's in and out of monasteries for a bit it's and really then clever. he joins the navy right and he trains as a hospital corpsman which is not as i first assumed anything to do with corpses uh <laughs> it's the marine corps so he's trained Isn't as a medical corps corpsman a corps yeah he's like a medical specialist he gives medical care typically in battlefields he's like a first aider kind of gig yeah yeah but he doesn't reach the position that he wanted at this job because he wanted the medic corner office so he wants to leave because he feels like he's not being treated well enough right. or appreciated having having so, already absconded on a fake identity and hidden as a monk yes i mean you know give a guy a break yeah yeah right <laughs> um so my ne- so my question is how does he get out of this one i mean i guess he could just leave the navy right he could just be like but just he doesn't do just go leave. again. Is he in the Pacific? Jumps off a boat, swims ashore somewhere in the in the Pacific. Okay. Does he get or, himself sacked by doing something really bad? Well, or maybe? this is where he claims to be a sur- naval surgeon. He said he was a naval surgeon at the start. Yeah. Oh that's... yeah. Yeah. It feels like he's coming up on his next. Con. Okay. Does he steal the identity of the surgeon on board the ship and Ooh, then yes. become this go. guy? Very. Okay. That's Hannah it. George, hold that thought because that is coming up. I'm this... also going to hold the thought because I want to be right. <laughs> Drunk women solving crime. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So Al is the closest. He fakes his own suicide. Oh. Oh, damn. I love this guy. (laughs) (laughs) My life is so humdrum. (laughs) There's nothing like hearing a I've I've literally flown around the world at one point (laughs) as a result of work, but I haven't faked my own death whilst pretending to be a naval surgeon. You've got so much time, though. I know, this is quite true. (laughs) 
Yeah. And if we could be the reason for like your next big stretch of success, that'd be great. TikTok. Life is ticking away. Maybe the time to jump off a naval ship. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. You've got to do what's important for you. Yeah, that's great. Women Um, get a biological clock and men get the con clock. Like, it's almost time to pretend (laughs) you're somebody else. Only got a certain amount of years to do good cons. Right. Now, he takes on a new name. Now he's Robert Linton French, and he became a religion orientated psychologist who taught psychology at Gannon College, which is now a university in Erie, Pennsylvania. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! (laughs) And he sort of carries on with this type of stuff for a bit. So he served as an instructor in St. Martin's College, which is now a university in the state of Washington. And it is here when he's teaching that the FBI catch up with him and capture him. So my question is, what is he arrested for? Tax evasion. Tax evasion? Well, it's got to be something federal, isn't it? It's got to go it's got to go across ah for the fbi if the fbi are involved it's got yeah. to be something a federal crime you know they famously that's how they take down al capone isn't it yes mm. yes this is all good any advance you guys okay so it might be something kind of a bit on the boring side that he like he's working at this he's university as but, a teacher at a university but he doesn't have the qualifications to be doing this right, right now oh, well, no hold on a minute we've only done four of the nine, nine million jobs and he's already been arrested as a teacher so there's stuff to come after this right there is stuff that comes after this but everything that he could possibly be arrested for at this point I have already told you the post FBI years this is great well desertion then by going yes over. it is desertion okay ah, okay good stuff so he is arrested for desertion uh he served 18 months at the naval disciplinary barracks in san pedro california right. and then after his release he assumed another fake identity and studied law at night at northeastern university and then he joined the brothers of christian instruction in maine which is a roman catholic order and then he borrows or nicks the name of a young canadian doctor hannah george not hannah george just to your point um, <laughs> dr hannah george that's <laughs> Yeah. Good and very unlikely. <laughs> um, of his acquaintance, this guy's called Dr. Joseph. S- I want to say Sire. His name is C Y R. Sire. 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 I don't know. Sire. Is yeah. Dr. Joseph Sire. Dr. C. Call him Do- that. Yeah. I love the C. idea of him going like he's stolen this name and going, hi, Dr. Sire. Sire. So I'm not sure. How would you say, say my name? I don't know. Yeah. 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 How do you yeah. pronounce your name? I don't I've, know. I've only seen it written. <laughs> Um, so yeah he's like I like your name I'll have that now this leads to his most famous exploit this is the money shot you guys he's pretending to be a naval surgeon so Fred as Dr. Joseph Dr. C is off to the Korean War and he's masquerading as a trauma surgeon on a Canadian destroyer boat Al Murray will know this but fact fans for everyone else the Korean War was a war between North Korea and South Korea from the 25th of June 1950 to the 27th I know I watched MASH I don't know but not all of our listeners will know so <laughs> <laughs> that war ended in July 1953. I know, so it never have... ended. It's still not ended. It's a ceasefire. It's, um, it's oh, still actually, going on. actually, yes. Okay. Strictly speaking. I know strictly no one, speaking. No one, but it's strictly speaking in on pause. And the North okay. Korean government is entirely geared to the idea that they're still at war. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you, because okay. you just spared us, like, what would be probably a five-star review on iTunes. But with that, just so you know... <laughs> <laughs> Like we get a lot of nice advice and it's like, just, just so you guys know. Yeah. Yeah. We're in the fifties. Now he's in this war one day when he's pretending to be a doctor, 16 combat casualties are brought to the ship. No. Christ. 
Yes. He's not really going to Okay, operate. let's get there. Let's get there. These men need major surgery or they will die. Fuck. He is the only quote-unquote surgeon there. Question, what does fake Dr. Fred do? I bet he goes for it. Goes for it, does surgery. It's going to be, I bet you haven't seen this film, niche reference, spies like us, anybody? Oh, God, I, I remember it. that film, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's ancient, but there's Dan a Aykroyd. scene where they're... Yeah, they're masquerading as doctors and they're like, I will now. And then he leans under the table and he reads the book really fast. And then he he almost gets to it. So I bet he just goes for it and he has like a book. Okay, lovely answer, Taylor Glenn. Any advance, you guys? I think that has to, I think Taylor's completely right. Okay. I think he styles it out. He relies on the, the super experienced people around him. You know what to do, Perkins. Crack on. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. But bearing um, in mind, he like faked his own suicide when he got a bit bored of not having a corner <laughs> office on a boat. Yeah. I kind of, part of me thinks like, is he kind of... Does he does fake he a heart fake... attack? Oh, that's right, a good way of getting right. out of things. Oh, uh, that's... Uh, yeah. I wish I could help. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. I better lie down. <laughs> In the morning, I want sausage and bacon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, great instincts, you guys. He does surgery. He orders everyone to be brought to the operating room and prep for surgery. Meanwhile, he speed read some of the medical textbooks about the various surgeries he was now forced to perform. Super high IQ, remember? Super high IQ and photographic memory. So he's doing major chest surgery. He's taking out bullets. Question, did these operations go well? Yes, Yes, from Al. Yes. Do you know what? I think at least a few of them. I think his hit rate was possibly... What did you say? It was 16 casualties. 16 casualties. I think it would be something like maybe... Maybe half of them. I think like eight went well, eight died. You're not going to save everyone anyway. Right. So... He's, he obviously carries on with this kind of crazy okay. conmanship. So, yeah, I think this maybe half. It. If you're going to pretend to be a doctor, this is the perfect place to do it. Because, you know, casualties come in... You know that it's going to be, like Hannah said, 50-50 at best. You're going to be doing messy surgery anyway because you're, you know, you're taking out bullets and stuff and then just sewing up, just sewing up wounds. Look, I feel like I could do it now. Yeah. I've had had some (laughs) wine. I think he wins the Congressional Medal of of Honor. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think, I think he get completely gets away with it. Okay. So Al, super successful. You guys, half and half. Hmm. Just because of like this, the odds are like you win some, you lose some. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could call the. I'm going to say three people died and the rest lived. I'm Team uh, Fred. Team all Fred. Right. You think like a hundred percent they all survived? One hundred percent. You guys, hell. Al has it. No. Yeah, he operated what? successfully on all sixteen men. None of the casualties died as a result of his surgeries. Oh my god! They died of everything else. Yeah, they died, they died minutes later, but five, it was... Five died but, in a car crash. No, um, yeah. I was going to say, are we counting yeah. the infections that happen like three yeah. weeks later? Is this like a... Honestly, wow. it's incredible, but That's you might nuts. say it went a little too well. He doesn't get a Congressional Medal of Honor, but the story gets to the newspapers. So the oh. removal of a bullet from a wounded man ended up in Canadian newspapers. And the trouble with that is that people read newspapers. And one person in particular... In Canada, anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Burn on America. <laughs> so one person in particular reading the reports was the mother of the real Dr. C. Oh, shit. Um, and her what? son at the time... Does she know was... how to pronounce her surname? <laughs> yeah, she can help us all out. Um, she goes, hang on a minute. 
that's not how we say it. Yeah. God, these people know nothing. Um, so he, the, he's supposed, you know, he's not. She knows. That's not that the boy I've been bragging about to the neighbors. Well, also, she knows that he's not in career because he's actually yeah. practicing medicine yeah. in Grand Falls, New Brunswick. Yeah. Um, ah, when course, news of, of the imposter reached the destroyer ship that Fred is on, the captain, James Plomer, at first refused to believe that he wasn't a surgeon and who he says he was. <gasps> Question, once they accept that he's an imposter, does the Canadian Navy press charges against no. him? No. No from Al. No. <laughs> Al has been so right for so many yeah, questions yeah. that and I'm he's, tempted he's to get straight like, in No, as well. I just think no, because what you're dealing with here is men at war. Yeah. And they'll find a way to let it slip through the cracks because he saved a load of guys' lives. Yeah. That's my... that's. That's my gut instinct. And also, the thing about the Korean War is everyone who's been in the Korean War, all the officers in the Korean War are Second World War veterans, so they've been doing this a really long time. Okay. And they're really over it. They're really over sort of bullshit, and they probably think, as long as he's moved off my ship, whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, my gut. Okay. That's my gut instinct. I might be wrong, but that's my, my no, gut. No, that's good intel. I like that. Yeah. So the... The doctor is Canadian. Mm-hmm. Was this a Canadian ship, though? Yes, it was. He's in I'm the sorry, Canadian. this is a detail that you probably said a long time ago. I, I so did say it, but yeah. They might not because of just embarrassment that okay, yeah. oh, and he's nobody an clocks. But he's an American he's a, as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's American. So maybe they can't do anything about him. Or maybe they can't. Um, yeah, maybe it's too difficult because then you're starting a fight with another country that you're supposed to be friends with. Or... Isn't it a PR nightmare even then, yeah. though, to be like, hey, we didn't know this was the real Dr. Sir Kurt. You know how to say it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just something a little bit like, oh. It is interesting yeah. that guy's, the like the captain's initial reaction was to be like, no, this is definitely the guy. It's definitely yeah, the guy. he's 100% a doctor. So, yeah, I think that may be that thing of not wanting to admit they were wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. We run a tight ship, but not that tight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great instincts. They don't press charges. They are too embarrassed of having oh, allowed an imposter. I embarrassment in. <laughs> I always I, factor I embarrassment in. And I'm like, who's in, embarrassed you know. in this scenario? And I'll tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I know shame. <laughs> Yeah, so he was quietly dismissed from the Royal Canadian Navy and forced to return to the United States. Uh, Fun fact, there is a MASH episode that is supposedly about these exploits. One A one-time character, Captain Adam Casey, who performed several surgeries but turns out not to be a real surgeon. Oh, my God! See, I knew... This happens in medicine a lot, doesn't it? It's the people who... Who say what we're doing, and it turns out it was a hospital porter, wasn't there? Thing in the nineties, some bloke who got rumbled, and he'd been doing surgeries, and he wasn't. God, that's terrifying. Yeah, do you know what? There's a there was a guy on the Isle of Wight. This was in this was in the papers. Bring it back. (laughs) Just laughs every time you say Isle of Wight. It's glorious. Go on. But he bought his own. Can we just change this to an episode about the Isle of Wight? I mean, most episodes sort of turn into them. They do end up, yeah. Okay, fine, fine. We're pretty sure she gets kickbacks if she mentions it. Yeah, yeah, she's not sharing any of her kind of Yeah, (laughs) All of that bunts with us. Yeah, brilliant. You're you're making us sound really strange and unique. Carry on. (laughs) But no, this this guy bought an ambulance, like an older ambulance, and then sort of listened to, yeah, listened to shouts, and he would go to the shouts before the ambulance could get there. Oh, that's so And that's not unusual. Like, it's not just... Just an Isle of Wight thing, like yeah. believe it or not. <laughs> but yeah, yeah but people but have left the Isle of Wight to do that, right? Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, they're all over now. Southampton. There was a woman in Southampton who used to do it, I heard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of expats. But it is fascinating. <laughs> the, uh, but the, the, the medical thing of people wanting to play God and mm. thinking that yeah, they that power trip. It's a bit weird. I'll talk real quick about his um, philosophy about all his in-person... in-person oh, God. I've been drinking tequila. In-person... <laughs> Impersonation. Impersonation. I was going to say impersonizations, but that was Americans say impersonations. Could you please say impersonizations? Because that I think is actually the right word. We gotta gotta jazz up impersonations. Um, Impersonizations is a better word than impersonations. (laughs) Thank you. It's like an even more abstract noun. He had two cardinal runes. Oh, God. Runes? Yeah. Cardinal runes. This isn't good. I should be able to talk. Cardinal um, runes? Two two cardinal rules. Number oh. one. It's <laughs> like, Catholics have runes? You kind of do, right? Go into everything. It's a Viking cardinal. Anyway, sorry, carry on. <laughs> rule number one, the burden of proof is on the accuser. Yeah. And rule number two, when in danger, attack. Wow. And he, he also said that he was successful in his roles because he was able to fit into positions which no one else had previously occupied. There's a biography about him. And so he said specifically about this is you can pick up loose power without alienating anyone, never encroach upon anyone else's domain. So there's like a power vacuum. So he said, if you come into a new situation, don't join some other professor's committee and try and make your mark by moving up in that committee. You'll have a long haul and make an enemy. So he'd like form his own committee. That way there's no competition, no past standards to measure you by and how can anyone tell that you aren't running a good outfit and then well, he's like a fun sociopath he's adorable yes. that's pretty, yeah that's pretty cute isn't it i mean obviously he used his experience of being a monk and so if he had to go anywhere where there was religion he could just walk in the door couldn't he mm. and, yeah. talk, and talk credibly to other religious people in a religion he knew their grammar didn't he so he could yeah he had authority in that area yeah maneuver in that area quite easily and also if you're in a monastery you know perfectly well that what you have to do is if you set your own thing up that is very 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 good that's very yeah. canny isn't it it's canny mm. it's an excellent life hack for anyone that wants to be a con man or um get ahead at work well, or, <laughs> or, just, just, or close that pay gap well, or, even, or even want a quiet life i mean set up a committee yeah. you, you know they you run and no one cares about. I mean, it sounds yeah. Cool. That actually sounds yeah. quite desirable. I yeah. think loose women should also rebrand to loose power. Yeah, um, yeah. That's loose so power good. is that's such an interesting because there's all you know. We talk about soft power, don't we? Yeah. The idea of soft power is like I don't know films in English, isn't it? Yeah. Which means two British films a year get watched by anyone globally. <laughs> but like yeah. loose power is it's sort of better, isn't it? That's like yeah. It's it's sexy. A... Loose power is sexier than soft power. It, yeah, it is sexier. It's flopping around. Anyone can grab it. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> well, no, loose power sounds up for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Soft, soft power really does not sound like it is going to get anywhere. There's no orgies for soft power. No, no. Um, <laughs> and that is the pull quote for this episode. <laughs> So, loose power was asking for it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna whiz through some of the stuff he did. He founded a college, obviously following his own advice, <laughs> while he was pretending to be Brother John Payne of the Christian Brothers Instruction. Yeah, and he got the college chartered by the state. And then, get this, he leaves that college because they offended him by not naming him as rector or chancellor. 
of the new college and he thought they chose a rubbish name. This guy has some weird ego stuff going on because he left the medic job because he didn't feel like they gave him a good enough like job as well. A proud con man. That's an interesting concept, isn't it? He's a proud con man. He gets pissed off that he's not being treated right and he just storms off. This is what's fascinating about him though and the way he described that. He doesn't want to be at the top of the food chain. Yeah. And he'll accept that people can overpower him. Yeah. And he almost thrives on the resentment of like, well, they did me wrong. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So he can still have that. Gosh, yeah, amazing. yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. He, the psychology I still of think him he's is, a prick, but he's interesting. He's an interesting prick. <laughs> I would have dated him. If we had gone yeah. to uni together, I would have dated 100%, him. hundred percent. I could have changed him hundred <laughs> percent. No, Hannah, I would have changed him. <laughs> no, the thing is, he'd have changed both of you with different names. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You'd have, you you'd have discovered later on in life you were dating the same bloke. Yeah, you had no you idea. dated the same guy. No, Hannah, I dated Seer. Well, I dated Sire. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I dated Brother Pain. Like, what was his name? Like, Brother something Pain. Do you know what? Um, That's a baller name at that point. That is, yeah. yeah. I did. I once found out that I dated someone who my friend had dated. But like afterwards, I became her friend afterwards, and we were like, "Oh my god, yeah, him!" And then we realised he bo- he cooked us both the same meal, <laughs> so he obviously had one meal. Oh, anyway. wait, is that a euphemism? Oh no, it was a meal. Okay, <laughs> and, it, and and the meal failed in both instances. Is the well, yeah, we ain't married to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, the, that's, the, that's precisely the point I was trying to make. Yeah. <laughs> Bolognese always works. I need to know what the <laughs> meal was. I'm sorry. I need to know what the meal was. It was please. pasta. There was I pine was nuts. There's pasta and pine nuts. Oh, fuck him. Fuck him. He's a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> Pine nuts. If there's pine nuts with pasta, just fucking walk out the door, ladies. That's all I'm saying. He sounds like a bit of a sex pesto, am I right? So hey. it's, a, it's a terrible pun, but I'm pretty sure pine nuts are in pesto. They are. Yeah, because my cousin can't have them. Anyway, right. Um, he's like rounded out the joke really well. That you know what? Good. I mean, he's got he's got to have anaphylactic shock on his Tinder profile. Surely, do not yeah. date me if you have anaphylactic shock. Yeah, I, I, I can I've only got one cook, meal. I've got one meal. It's got nuts in it. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't mean my anyway. Um, what a so, dating tagline! I've got one meal. <laughs> cook, I mean, it's Henry VIII, isn't it? Cooking one meal. Six times. <laughs> <laughs> that college is still going, blah, blah, blah. Okay. What? During the, yeah, to the college. Is still going. Where yeah, is it? Yes. A okay. So the college that, yeah, no, it's a real college now. He got it accredited. Jesus. It's, uh, it was oh. Lemenius College in Alfred, Maine, began in 1951. And then he left. In 1959, it moved to Canton, Ohio. And in 1960, it became Walsh College, now Walsh University. So it still exists. So he started That's it. To, and then he stormed off because they didn't treat him nice. God, dare to dream, people. Honestly. I, it's amazing. So <laughs> or dare during to the con, 50s. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The sky's the limit unless you've got a very fragile ego. During the 50s, Fred began to find it harder to pull off his various aliases. Question, why do you think that might be? Press. Press. So Yeah, people know who he is by now, right? So fame, recognisable yeah, press. Fame. I, I think so. Okay. Hannah, anything to add? I feel like he was ready to settle down, maybe. And I was like, I was genuinely... With, with me. He met Hannah and he was, or Taylor. And he was 
female workplace. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. I like to think that it's because he, like, yeah, he he got to a kind of like the age where he, he wanted kids. Well, and he was so just the, a great in the fifties, he's in the fifties, he's in his 30s, right? Yeah. So you yeah. know, we talked about the biological clock a minute ago. Maybe <laughs> yeah. that, so that's how got... a man sees it. That the hour being talking is only a minute in on biological clock terms. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, I can't tell. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe he had family had commitments. Well, the answer is, in fact, fame. So okay. he had sold his story to Life magazine and he was recognisable. Hmm. And my what sources donut? go... I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, actually, First what kind of con man? of con club. <laughs> <laughs> you do not self-publicise con club. <laughs> exactly. Don't talk to Life magazine. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. The Can event. I just say that donut is my favorite British insult of all, and you guys have the best <laughs> insults in the world. You know what? I worked on a thing a really long time, about 15 years ago in, in the US. It came to nothing, but basically it's the pub landlord moves to America, blah, blah, blah. And, I, oh, and, yeah. and, and we're like, there's a lot of stuff ago where I wanted him to either call people Muppets or Donuts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Too adorable. And the showrunner's going, why? Why, why would... <laughs> Why would you call anyone a donut as an insult? You know, Americans <laughs> love donuts. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like you just yeah, you donut. Like it doesn't mean it just <laughs> it's just like it sounds great, right? And 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 he's going and people love Muppets. People really love Muppets. Yeah. People love the Muppets. Wow, show. I hate this showrunner. I hope that he's not doing well. I know he's doing fine now. I think you but know he was mm. technically correct for the American market. But he was absolutely right. <laughs> and you know the thing—the thing he then wrote for me was rubbish. So um, you know, <laughs> swings and roundabouts. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing that's exactly of, um, why it's the best insult. Yeah. Like, yeah, I hate, but that, oh, and yeah, there's that irony like, thing that Americans have trouble with. And, uh, that's and also, so then Americans would have to learn like how it's a fun insult. Yeah, they love Bake Off now. Then they could, they could learn to love Donut as an oh, insult. Oh yeah, we're on our way. Donut will be the new insult in the <laughs> yeah, next. Yeah, but it'll 10 go years. wrong. They go, you Victoria Sponge. Like, no, 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 no Donut. <laughs> you eclair. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, you were going to say something. Oh, no. To be, oh, it's, it's very lowbrow. It was just, I think it was an episode of Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares where a chef was shouting at somebody and just said, you fucking blowjob. What? The American said it. Yeah, he said it to one of his staff members. Oh, I wow. think, you fucking blowjob. That, <laughs> is, well, I, that is great. Weird insult. But um, yeah. sorry, Katie, we've derailed you with donuts no, and loads. That's insulting someone with an aspiration. I mean, that's... Yeah. <laughs> but Hannah, Americans like blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> right? Makes no I mean... sense. <laughs> that okay. makes me so angry. You could do that with so many insults. Yeah. You cunt. People like cunts. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great if that was the rule about what you're allowed to say on TV. <laughs> if people like it. <laughs> got a real big sub, like it's a real cult, cult fan club here. You've got to be able to say this. <laughs> so Fred sold his story to Life magazine and he was recognisable. And my sources go a bit personal here. He gets described as a man of increasing girth. Oh. Um, even back in Korea, he was bigger than all the other soldiers. So he stood oh. out more 
at this mm. time. And also he kept doing TV bits. In 1959, he was on a game show called Take a Good Look, where three celebrity panellists had to guess his identity. So it's good to know that Would I Lie to You have nicked that from the 50s. <laughs> he was on a TV quiz show called You Bet Your Life with Groucho Marx. Yeah. And oh, he- yeah. wow. Do you guys know this? Yeah. No, I know the show. Oh, cool. And he won $1,000 and he said he was going to donate it to the Feed and Clothe Fred DeMara Fund. And then him. put it in his, yes, put it in his, yes. Yeah, his yeah. Bank account. <laughs> I mean, he could have actually done something good in that moment, but I have a feeling he doesn't turn towards philanthropy he, at any point. He is not good with money. He played okay. a doctor in a horror film called The Hypnotic Eye, but he keeps getting busted. So he, he tries to do other aliases. So he tried to work in a prison for a bit in Huntsville, Texas, but a prisoner recognized him from Life magazine. And I just think it's a bit on the nose to have that magazine in a prison. <laughs> <laughs> Only some prisoners are allowed to read it. Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) Also, like, I love the point that he's obviously, like, so bad with money. He's got no money. He's had to get a fucking job as a prison warden. He's like, it's another con. It's another con. It's it's like, no, it's just a fucking job at that point. It's just a sort of a job. Yeah. 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 Like, you can't call a diner. Wink. (laughs) Where are my tips? I'm Where are my tips? (laughs) Like, yeah. In the 60s, he tries to do more Bible mission rescue stuff in Los Angeles, and he's a counselor, and then he's in a Baptist church in Oregon. And he's, he's got very, some funny religious stuff going on too. He's got a it's lot. Not, of, yeah, he does. He knows how to work it though. It's I, I would imagine if you, of course, if you knew your way halfway round some of that stuff, it'd be really easy to work that. Yeah, there's a lot you can do with that. Actually, it's true. I guess. Um, yeah, I guess it opens up so many forums. But it's just interesting how he keeps coming back. He to, keeps going back to it. Um, yeah. And he's quite well liked. He's obviously quite charming because like everyone will like him, but then all these rumors will surface of his old life and yeah, he'll have yeah. to quit. So he just yeah, sort yeah. of keeps doing that. He moves to Washington. He's a bus driver for a bit. Then he's a guest on the Tom Snyder oh, show. Being a bus driver is not a con though, right? It's not a con, but like, he's like, no, I'm just pretending to be a bus driver for the paycheck. <laughs> but you're actually driving I'm bus so radical. And getting paid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I he can't up, even he's... drive a bus. <laughs> yeah. I'm so crazy at this point. He's best mates with Steve McQueen. And then he gets a job. Oh, as whoa, a... whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> What? Honestly, that isn't entirely explained, but we will come back to it. But he's obviously met him for all the TV stuff. He gets a job as a chaplain in California and he gets found out and he's forced to quit. But the chief of staff is like just loves him so much that like he doesn't have to quit in the end. So he vouches for him and he's allowed to stay as the chaplain. So he's this very active and appreciated minister serving a variety of patients in the hospital. And so loads of people don't know about his past and he's very popular. Like he runs out of money and then this guy just lets him live there in the hospital as well. And oh, fun fact for you guys, he administered the last rights to actor Steve McQueen when he died in 1980. Oh my gosh. I know. Well, that's and weird. Fred himself died in 1982, age 60, with issues relating to diabetes and heart failure. He'd already had, like he'd had oh, his legs Fred. amputated and stuff. Fred was not conning his way into he any was, self-care. Yeah. So there's a book and a film, like, so the book, 1960, The Great Imposter, written by Robert Christian, and then the new York Times that was a New York Times bestseller and then it was adapted into a 1961 film of the same name starring Tony Curtis so I guess let's raise a glass to having a photographic memory I want to hear more about that like bus driver shit (laughs) all I can picture is Otto from the Simpsons that's all I can do drunk women solving crime so we will now quickly discuss a listener crime mm-hmm. and this has been sent to us from New Zealand. This is from James. He says, 
I have a box that contains a couple of items that my father found sometime in the 1960s. The items are some coins and some bones. He found them in the middle of a desert in southern Iraq. The bones were found to be from a human hand. The coins are Roman, dated from approximately 400 AD. Fucking hell. Right? That's all the info I have. The most likely theory is that a Roman soldier was returning from one of the Roman-Persian wars and either died of natural causes or was attacked. I'm sure you can speculate many feasible scenarios that could result in a dead man's hand full of coins in a desert. P.S. I absolutely love the podcast. You gals have got me through many tough days. (laughs) Thanks. Whoa, I have more questions than answers. I know, isn't this? This is a brilliant thing. Left hand or right hand? That's my first thought. Oh, it's just human hands. We don't have that information. Do we know? We don't know that the bones date back as long as the well, Roman coins because yeah. it could be a modern hand. Because also, what <laughs> you know, it could be coin. was that maybe somebody was robbed, maybe their hand was cut off and the hand fell with the coins and then the rest of the fight carried on, but this hand got buried or something. And the box, like what kind of box? Oh, well, I think they've put it in a box. Did they put it oh, in yeah, a box? Oh, yeah, so I think it's probably... But if you found them together, how, what yeah. makes it... Like, is he on a dig? Also, isn't this how The Exorcist starts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like the first 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, Do you think, yeah. I'd like to know, James, I would like to know, does your dad have any friends with one hand? Because part of the thing <laughs> is the Roman, like, coins are there to throw everyone off. Yeah. And he and his mate maybe accidentally cut off his hand one day you know they were having a having a laugh and, and the hand comes off oh. and they're just like oh we're talking worst wank in the world <laughs> <laughs> it's another pull quote for the episode details on that Al so where do the coins no, no, come in no, I'm just leaving it I'm just leaving it hanging just to leave it there just okay leave it there. Just leave it there worst bank in the world yeah well, James I hope that's helped um. so you've tried some, yeah I feel like we solved that I also feel like I was like fourth or fifth to that idea but then all of you thought no no I'm gonna, I'll leave I'll leave it to someone else <laughs> and it, it hung heavy, and then I thought, all right, I'll do it. Right, I'll step up. And you did it proud. You I'll did step it proud. Step up and say it if, that, if you insist. <laughs> Take it for the team. <laughs> yeah, it's Is that why you asked if it's the right hand or the left hand? You're like, I'm going to ask the wanking well, question. Well, that, that's, exactly, that's exactly why I asked which hand it was. <laughs> Sometimes you vary it up, though, just for a challenge. Mm. It's good. See, like, I've drunk enough tequila that subtlety is absolutely lost on me. I wonder what it'd be like if I chopped my other hand off. <laughs> I'm just taking the idea of, you know, lying on one arm and all that. Yeah, joke, the dead you know, arm. The dead arm thing. It's <laughs> full extreme, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> And Although, he's got his lucky wanking coins with him. Uh, enhanced, <laughs> bring it all together. I mean, oh for enhanced God. pleasure, chopping your hand off at the moment of crisis. Favourite Roman <laughs> goddess. Favourite, favourite Roman mean, goddess. <laughs> we know the Romans were horny. 
Oh, my goodness me, were they horny. They're like the horniest people ever. I mean, it doesn't matter. Was it a modern wanker? Was it an ancient wanker? It doesn't matter. It all comes back to wanking, and we've solved it. James, you're welcome. Thank you, James. Um, All right. It just remains for us to ask Al Murray, what are you up to? I'm so sorry. I completely... It's We're so happy. Well, yeah. what, 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 what am I up to? Oh, yeah. wank jokes. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, well, I'm sort of doing this strange thing of mopping up the tour I was meant to do in March last year at the moment. Oh, so that's yeah. My main, my main activity. And then I'm supposed to be writing a book that I haven't... I found write, writing really difficult during that, I don't think. You know, like, yeah. All the usual stimulus is gone. Anyway, um, but I'm... Yeah, yeah. So so I'm finishing off a tour and then I go on tour next year and I've just made a television programme that I'm not allowed to talk about. What, are um, you sure? Because I've seen some press about it on the internet. Yeah, so have I. <laughs> yeah. It was oh, on right. tour. You, <laughs> you see, I don't know. I, I just don't know. And, and what's it? been really funny about it is when, you, when you're making a programme, the people in it go, when's this on? You go, I don't, I don't fucking, don't ask me. I have no fucking idea. I'm the last person you should ask. And my wife works in TV listings, right? Ah, and she goes, "Oh, you're on, you're on telly on Wednesday." Uh, like, all right, I had no idea. She goes, "Oh, you're on, it starts it starts in three weeks' time. Will you do an exclusive interview?" I'm like, well, right, what do you want to what do you want to know? But so I've done that, and then I was doing a podcast before lockdown. But we've had I've been doing a yeah. podcast with a guy called James Holland, who's a Second yeah. World War historian and we, about the Second World War, which is the thing I'm interested in. Yeah, and one of the things I'm interested in, and that has that sort of blossomed during the uh, pandemic. Yeah. Um, you know, it's because it's an ill wind and all that that blows no one any good uh, in the middle of september we, we did an actual three-day festival in a field near buckingham oh, wow. with tanks and a thousand people oh and, amazing and speakers and uh we had this guy whose name is uh, nicholas frank he's in his 80s and his father was a guy called hans frank who was hitler's lawyer who oh, was jesus who was the gauleiter for what they called the general government so rang the ran the biggest province in conquered poland fucking right? hell wow they lived in a castle his mother and father hated each other she had lots of lovers but she stuck with him and all that and he yeah. sat down and talked about growing up with that legacy wow. his, father, his father's a mass murderer you know um yeah responsible for the deaths of millions of people and he sat down at this festival and talked about that, talked about that legacy, oh, talked gosh. about what it means to be that person, um, which, was, which was truly incredible. This is the weird thing. When I started doing this this podcast, it was the two of us in my kitchen, me going, oh, I, what about that tank? I like that tank. And then he's in the <laughs> so he'll tell me. And then I go, what yeah. about that tank? And he'll tell me. <laughs> and it's turned into this thing. It's turned into this thing. Yeah. Um, Can we listen to that? Did you yes, record? It's called, yes. Yeah. We're going to be putting that out. So it's called "We Have Ways of Making You Talk." Is the name of the podcast. And so we can hear that old guy talking about oh, yeah, the legacy. Hans, Hans will be on in the next couple of months. We're, we're a German historian, a woman called Katja Hoyer, who's really she's from the she grew up in the DDR and now is in now lives in England. Her whole thing is everything you've heard about German history comes from West Germany. I grew up in a communist country ah, that, that, yeah. su- that suddenly ceased to exist. And so she's so interesting about all of it. She told this story about a guy who was a communist in Nazi Germany. So when the Nazis get in, he flees to Russia to, okay. jo- to go to the Soviet Union. <laughs> he gets there and all his letters home are like, oh, my God, the coffee's shit. And... Um, ah. <laughs> And the food's terrible and there's no work because I'm German and it's not a worker's paradise. And then the Russians are reading his mail. So they arrest him and put him in prison, put him in prison for hanging shit on the Soviet Union. And then the Nazis do a deal. You know, the Nazi Soviet pact happens. So the Nazis. They get him back. So he goes back to Germany. And then the Germans declare war on the Soviets. So he's a communist yeah. oh, again. Oh, okay. So he goes into prison 
for being a, a <laughs> communist again. And then he's told, but if you join the army, if you join the army, that's all right. So he joins the army and goes to fight yeah. on the Eastern Front, is captured by the Russians. Oh, right? my God. <laughs> who go, well, hold on a minute. You're a German. And also, you're on our files and you're like a... You're, yeah. like, you're one of those communist spy, fake communists who sent spy on us in the 30s. So they gulag him. Oh, no. Shit. But eventually gets back to Germany in 1955. Wow. And no one wants anything to do with him. Goes back to West Germany, who's uh. gone. No one wants anything to do with him because he's a communist. Right? So, wow. so he spends basically 20 years in and out of prison. Jesus. Because the wind kept changing. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and he start- I'm sorry, but this is a musical. Yeah. <laughs> it went there. Because he, start- he starts out as a complete believer in communism. Yes. And then- yes. Oh, that's unbelievable. Really sad. Support so sod. Wow. Oh, it's but- incredible. So we can listen to that too on the podcast. Yeah, that'll be on the podcast. That, that stuff will be on the podcast. Um, but yeah, so we, we had a weekend with a health and safety guy yelling at the tank bloke going, you're <laughs> Your tank can't drive there, you'll run over the profit. But that was all And fine. it was worth it. It was totally worth oh, it. It was worth every second of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that somewhere there's a health and safety guy that has got, like, bigger <laughs> troubles than COVID. It's like, there's fucking tanks oh, here. Oh, like, no, he was, shit we need to worry He was about. great. He's going, no one told me you were going to drive the three tanks into that field at that point, and why is there no one in high years? And you're like, well, because it's a camouflage event, mate. Right. <laughs> That's what's going on. So my touring stuff as a pub landlord, the podcast, and then sort of other odds and, and sods. But and then we a television program. I don't. I'm On not. Sky. Sky I, History. Sky History. This all sounds absolutely awesome. So it just remains to say, oh. to say, to say to thank fay. you so to much, Al Murray. Oh, thank you, Al. There's no wine left. Listen to that. The dog, the dog, <laughs> the dog is barking. Hey, hey, I'm sorry. That Burke tells us that sorry. we're finished. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much stuff. for having me. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter. On Facebook and Insta, we are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you have a crime that you would like us to solve, write it on a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you to ACAS and thank you for listening. Bye! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.